ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. I teased on addressing this episode, goodness, it's been weeks ago now, on my Instagram, and I got so much feedback from ladies saying, please address this topic, Um, and that is teaching your children to be in church, to sit in church, Um, and I really, this episode's been on my heart for a while, but I'll be honest, I've been dragging my feet about doing it because I don't feel like I am the one to speak to this. We are in the trenches of training our littles to sit in church. And sometimes when I having this podcast and doing some of these episodes, I feel like, I know when I listen to other people's podcasts and I hear them talking on a topic, you know, I kind of come to it thinking like, okay, you're addressing this because you're the authority on this. And so I'm here to glean all of your wisdom. And so when I have some of these episodes, I just kind of cringe inside because I am not the authority on this topic. Um, I I can tell you a lot of what hasn't worked well, um, but we're still in the process of teaching and training and uh, figuring this out. But it, it is an important topic. It's a topic that a lot of people have questions on. Um, and so I wanted to address it as best I can. And then the majority, like the meat of this episode is actually going to be um, some information that I share from a sweet friend here in Australia who messaged me on Instagram. And her, she just has questions that as a husband and wife, as a family, to think through and to figure out what your answer is um, when you go into this trying to train children to sit in church. And her questions were so, so, so good. Um, and so she said I could use them on here. So I'm going to, and, uh, I just letting you know, right off the bat that I cannot take credit, um, for that portion of the episode, really from what you're here to hopefully glean from that part of the episode, I'm not taking credit for because it came straight from her. Uh, but I do, it's just so good, such good wisdom and insight that I wanted to share it here with you all, especially as you have questions, um, on this topic. Now, starting off, um, I know that everybody's church situation is is different on are your kids in church with you? At what age are your kids in church with you? Um, what is kind of the, the culture and atmosphere of your church? Is it okay if kids... Um, our kids and make a little bit of noise. Um, you know, is it okay if the baby coos? Um, or is does there have to be absolute silence? Kind of like, what does that look like for your church? And like I said, I, I understand that every place is different and you just have to feel that out. Um, but I do feel like there has become really, maybe I'm just more aware of it, but I do feel like there has been a little bit more of of um, an intrigue and a desire for parents to try to have their children in the service with them more. Um, whereas when I was younger, I feel like everything was very segregated. You know, you had your children's church during Sunday morning service. Um, maybe you were in there Sunday night, but then you had your kids groups on Wednesday night. So the, the kids weren't really in the church service with the adults very much. Um, 
And again, I am not, let me just say this from the beginning. I'm not saying that there is a right or wrong way to do this. I posted something recently on Instagram talking about family integrated worship um, because now that we're in Australia, that is the church experience that we're getting. It's very different than anything that we've ever had before. Um, And and I'll be honest, it's presented a learning curve, Um, but I shared on their fruit that we are reaping, uh, things that we are enjoying as a family because of having our children in the service with us. Um, And I got some really, really great feedback. Got some ladies that were like, yes, this is what my heart is. I want my children worshiping with us. I want to worship as a family. I got some just kind of in the middle. Um, You know, I I think both are great. I think it's great to have children in the service with you, but I also think that it's good to have them in in kids' classes, being influenced by uh, loving Sunday school teachers, hearing things on their level. Um, I got messages like that. And then I got some other messages that were a little bit uh, interesting. You know, people saying that, well, children are a distraction. They should never be in the service. Um, You know, they're, they're keeping people from hearing the word of God. I have some opinions on that. Hopefully we won't get into that because um, they're, they're, they're opinionated opinions. Um, but anyway, so I got this full gamut of responses to that. I mean, it really it really caused me to think, because like I said, I'm not saying that um, one way is, is better than another. I, I am thankful. So, okay, let me just tell you what we do, how our church is here. First of all, um, churches in Australia... Our, our, the Australian church is different than the American church in the sense that we don't have mega churches here. Um, some of the like biggest of the big Baptist churches are like, you know, between two and 300. So you're not having churches of thousands where you have um, the staff, where you have the income, where you have the ability to divide people into a hundred different classes. Um just due to the nature of things being smaller here, sometimes it's not even a question. Um, people are together just because we can't divide, you know, if we divide it up, even if we divide it up into 10 Sunday school classes, you know, it'd be a Sunday school class of three or four. Especially um, us, you know, as we branch into church planting here coming up, um, you know, the, the, the workers are Simeon and I. So, uh, you know, as you work through some of that, just due to the nature of the way the ministry looks like, it answers this question of, do we segregate into classes? What do we do? Do we all worship together? Sometimes you just do that because that's what's available. I know I had some church planning and missionary wives reach out to me um, and, and they, they said that. They were like, you know, we don't have the capacity to have all of these classes or maybe the only one that was available to be the children's teacher was the was the wife and you know she says that you know she's like i am not ever hearing preaching because i'm doing you know all trying to juggle all these children's ministries and, and i get that i understand that more than ever being at the spot that we're at in ministry um so sometimes i think maybe you need to reassess maybe you need to say okay maybe on sunday mornings we'll do a kids class but the other services we're going to all be together even if that means it's a little bit noisy 
Even if I have to sit in the back with the kids because they can be distracting, um, I need to hear the word of God too. So you, you've just got to look at it and figure out uh, what you need. So on Sunday mornings, um, we actually don't have like a Sunday school and then a Sunday service. We have a Sunday service. Everybody starts out together. Um, and then, you know, we go through all the preliminaries, all the hymn singing, the scripture readings, you know, announcements, all that normal up to the preaching. But right before the preaching, the children are dismissed. And then their Sunday school time is actually during the morning church service. Now that Sunday school time is for primary age children plus. So that here means kindergarten and up. Uh, Knox is a tiny bit young, but he's so far been able to sit still and listen. So he gets to go up. So it's Knox and Eden that go out to the Sunday school class. They have a nursery room, which in Australia is called a creche. So there's a new word for you. Um, But they have a nursery room available for mothers with little ones, Um, but it is not staffed. So if you need to go in there, it's available for you, but you stay with your child. It is right off the, um, the church. So there's a glass window. It's covered, you know, with a little... Uh, curtain if you need a nurse or whatever um, for privacy, but you can see in there and they do have a speaker in there so you can hear, which is a blessing. So it's not like you're, you know, totally segregated off. Um, But for the most part, um, at at least until baby makes their arrival, I'm in the service with my three-year-old and my one-year-old. So that's Sunday morning, Sunday night, everybody's together. Normal church service, all of us are in there. And then Wednesday night um, is actually a prayer meeting. So it's a little bit different layout. We do 15 minutes of singing. I'm the pianist, so Simeon gets all four kids by himself. Um, thankfully, we have some sweet church family, and they they love our kids. Our kids love them, so oftentimes they'll step in and help daddy. Um, but I'm on the piano, so 15 minutes of singing. Usually about a 15-20 minute um, Bible study, devotional, uh, kind of, you know, preaching, I guess, um, by one of the young men in our church. And then we have about 15 minutes of prayer and praise requests. Then we separate into men's and ladies, and we pray in groups. And we bring our children. Knox goes with daddy and prays with the men. And then the little, uh, the girls come with me. Um, Eden prays. Ivy prays. Uh, Willow, you know, I try to keep her entertained. Sometimes I'm bouncing her. Sometimes we do have to step out. Um, Wednesday's a very late night for her. So, you know, depending on the week, sometimes I, I do need to step out because it is to the point of becoming a, a big distraction. Um, but that's what church looks like for us. So all that to say, this is really the first time that we have ever had really that family integrated style of church. And like I said, when we first moved here, that's very different than what we had before. We came from a really large church that had the ability to have staffed nurseries and, you know, classes for for every age. Each one of my children were in a different class. Um, and, And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all their teachers and for what they were able to teach them and how much my children learned. Um, But we were in this new place, new way of doing things. And so we had to figure that out. We had to teach them. And my oldest had actually started sitting in the service in the state. So the way our church did it, once they were five, they came to the service with you. 
Um, so she had been accustomed to that a little bit. Um, but now we had all of them, you know, even, even the baby, when we moved here, Willow was six months old, which actually was really nice because she just sat. I could put her in a little blanket and she would play. Then when she started crawling, that was a whole nother thing. There have been several times where I turn around and she's like crawling under the pew or crawling down the aisle. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, and then having a toddler in the service is a whole nother thing. And uh, like I said, there are some times where I'm playing the piano and Simeon has to manage. I think the most challenging times are when I am playing the piano. So I'm at the piano from the beginning of the service all the way up until the preaching. And then when he preaches and we have this like quick like pass off the kids and then he's up there for the service. Those are our most like uniquely challenging um, times. But we realized uh, that we needed to train our kids on how to sit in church. One for them so that they could glean, so that they could participate, um, but also for us because we needed to listen. We needed to, to be able to hear the word preached, but also um, for people around them to be able to hear God's word. And, and I do understand where people are coming from when they say that kids are a distraction. Um, but I feel like a lot of kids are kids, you know, it's natural for them to want to wiggle and want to play and not want to be still and quiet. Um, so a lot of that falls on the parents in the training, teaching them. And uh, Simon and I read Family Driven Faith by, by Vadi Bakum, and I think it's the best advice I've ever gotten on teaching your kids to sit in church. He said that if you are not instructing them at home during a daily, regular family worship time, you're really, really going to struggle come Sunday. But if you are having a regular time in your home, and it doesn't have to be this hour and a half long service, but if you are teaching them hymns, if, you know, we, we use my book, Great Hymns for Growing Hearts. I'll link it down in the comments if you want to check it out. Um, we're using that to teach our children hymns so that when we're at church, they can join in on that corporate worship. They are now connecting themselves to the church as a whole, to the body of believers, to the worship aspect. They're joining in on that because they know the song. They can sing the song. That's such a blessing to me. You know, I always know when it's a song that my my children know because the volume level goes up uh, in, in extreme intensity. And I love watching, especially the older people of the church, as they just turn around and look at the kids and get these beaming smiles. It's such a blessing to them to hear the three-year-old, you know, belting out Jesus paid it all. It's good for my mama heart to see the, the fruit of my labors at home in my instruction. And it's sweet for my little ones to get to take part in that. Uh, my toddler lights up and mama, this is our song. You know, amazing grace. Jesus paid it all. God leads us along. All of those are our songs, apparently. Um, but, but I've loved that. Uh, but that part of training. So in family worship. Uh, teaching them to sing these hymns, uh, teaching them what prayer is, how how do we behave during prayer? Why do we close our eyes? Do you have to close your eyes to pray? Uh, no, I did an episode at the beginning of the year with Heidi James from the Children's Bible Society on teaching children to pray. I'll link this in the show notes. It was so, so, so good. So good. Packed. If you've not listened to that, listen to it. Um, but she was saying, you know, we it's not like a rule. It doesn't say in the Bible, thou shalt close thy eyes when you pray, but you do it because you're trying to eliminate distractions so that you're calming your heart and you're focusing on God. We, we work them through that. 
You know, what is prayer? We're talking to God. And when we're at church, we're talking to God as a church family. You know, when we all say amen together, we're agreeing with one another. We're agreeing with what the person was saying in the prayer. Um, we have a time of scripture reading where someone gets up and, and reads a passage of the Psalms. Everybody stands up and follows along. My oldest one that can read, we're trying to really encourage her, get your Bible out. Open that up. Um, you know, follow along. Join in on this. Um, you know, that means that we're teaching them their books of the Bible, how to find things in the Bible. And then, um, you know, as we do a, a Bible time, a Bible reading at home, where daddy is reading the Bible, daddy's instructing and teaching from the Bible, how, how do we behave? Are you supposed to be, you know, whacking your sister on the head? Are you supposed to be rolling all over the floor? No, we want to sit still and we want to listen. A scripture verse that I have really used here to encourage, especially my older ones, is uh, the, the verse that says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We want to grow in our faith. We want others to grow in their faith, but faith comes by hearing. You have to be able to hear and hear what? Hear the word of God. So I've used this with them as we try to instruct them. If you want to grow in your faith, then when we're at church, you have to still your heart enough, still your body, focus enough that you can hear the word of God. And as we're trying to instruct them on, you know, why we don't talk loud or why we don't, you know, turn around and look at our neighbor and wave at the people behind us. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We want them to be able to hear the word of God. And if we're waving and we're being loud and we're being a big three ring circus causing a scene, they're not able to hear the word of God and they're not able to grow in their faith. So you, you know, I, I'm trying so hard in my parenting that when I instruct my children, I at least have one scripture verse that I can bring in as this is my why. I don't want you to just sit still in church so that people look and think, wow, they're doing a really good job with their kids. Fleshly and in my pride, yeah, I like when people think that. Uh, but more often than not, it, it is it is a work in progress. It's a training. But more than that, I want my children to, to make these connections. This is what God's word says. I want to obey the Lord. I want to obey his word. I want others to be able to do that. Therefore, they need to hear God's word. And that means that I need to be still. I need to be quiet. Um, so, so again, all of this is a work in progress. But that's kind of where we're at in this season. Um, that's why I feel really a heightened need to address this topic because I'm in a unique situation that I haven't been in um, as far as a church situation goes. Um, and, and so we're, we're navigating that in our own family. I know a lot of other people are, have reached out to me about that. And I thought it would be helpful to try to address some of these things. And, you know, I, I, I do, I, my kids love going to their Sunday school class. They learn so much. They get to make the fun crafts. Um, you know, they learn the fun songs. They get the points for scripture memory. I, I'm so thankful for the teachers that invest into their lives. I'm I'm thankful for that portion. But I'm also thankful that now more than ever, they're also in the worship with us. You know, it is their church. It is, you know, Pastor Kemper is their pastor. Um, the members are their friends. Whether it is, you know, the other little four-year-old girl that goes to church with us, or if it is, you know, the 80-year-old woman uh, that comes 
my kids have really connected with the church as a whole. And I see that as really a benefit of them being so involved in church, in the worship. They're there. They're talking to these people. They're meeting these people. Um, and they're getting to engage with them in a, in a unique way, really, to our family. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I, I really think that the church members are thankful for that. You know, people light up when they see my little toddler, you know, going around shaking hands. And uh, we have a tea time at church, Australia. It's very British in that sense with an afternoon tea. So after morning service, we all go to the fellowship hall and we have a little tea time. Um, you know, and, and it, it's it's absolutely normal for my kids to go and sit down at the table with a group of elderly ladies and just chat away. Um, it's perfectly normal for my kids to go over and, um, you know, laugh and make jokes with the young adults. Um, they're just, they're so woven into the fabric of the church, uh, the church being the people that that make up that body of believers. And, and that's been a joy to me. So again, I'm not saying what's what's right and wrong, what you should and shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, if you're in a family integrated church, you need to have more kids classes. If you're in a church that only has kids classes, you need to do more family integrated. I'm not saying any of that. That's not the point of this episode. It's not that debate. The point of the episode um, is really just to try to seek to be an encouragement to those who do have their children in the service with them, whether that's once a week, whether that's three times a week, whether it's whatever, um, and try to give you some advice on uh, how to help that go smooth, how to train your children, um, and also just to give encouragement. If, if you're in the place where you feel like, oh, this is just never going to be anything but a disaster, um, I, I'm seeing fruit. We're not, we're not there. We haven't arrived. But I have been able to, you know, we've worked on this enough that I've been able to see fruit, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, so anyway, okay, now really to the meat of the episode, why you're here. So uh, a friend of mine, when, when I had this conversation uh, talking about teaching kids to sit in church, she sent me this list of questions that her and her husband talk through and decide beforehand, what are we comfortable with? What, are, what do we feel like as the parents of our children, the stewards of our children, and trying to teach them how to sit in church? What do, what do we need to figure out for us is acceptable. So these are some things that she considered and, and asked. So the first thing is the goal for her young kids to sit quietly or to sit still and listen. Um, and this was really, really good. So my oldest is six, but she is a very advanced reader and writer. So for her, she is fully capable, especially on that Wednesday night service where this the sermon is like 15 minutes. Um, but really, even when she's in there on Sunday night, she's fully capable of sitting and listening and following along. Um, she has been saved now for a while. So I see the Holy Spirit working in her heart. I know that she could really glean from following along. Now, I don't expect it to be perfect. I don't expect her to be undistracted at all. Really, you know, people say kids are a distraction. We're, everybody gets distracted. We all have distractions. If it's not some little kid distracting me, you know, it's it's the air conditioning that's rattling or, you know, my, my phone that's buzzing. I mean, there's just distractions everywhere. We all have to learn really in life in general, um, to be able to train our mind to focus in. Now, I get we can minimize that, and that's why this episode is out, trying to help teach our children to minimize those distractions. Um, But we've got to work through that. But anyway, um, I have found, and I, I will try to do my best 
to link this down in the comments. I'm not sure if I'll be able to find it again, but I'll try it. But I found this little printable sheet that is a sermon note for kids. It has several sections. What is the main passage? The book chapter verse. What was your favorite song today? Draw something that you heard today. My daughter is an artist, so she really likes that box. Um, who's speaking? Did you hear a word that you don't know? What are you learning about God from this message? Um, what was the most important thing you learned? How can you apply that to her, your life? It's just a sheet that has that. And I try to have that for her for every service so that she has something to kind of keep her tracking as she's listening, to keep her focused, to keep her uh, thinking about what she's learning. Um, and so so I'm fine with her doing that. But I think it's really good, especially when you have like little, little ones. We're talking about babies, toddlers, preschoolers. What is the goal? Do you just want them to sit quietly because if you do there's going to be other methods to incorporate for helping that be accomplished or do you want them to sit still and actually listen now for us we are fine with our little ones just sitting quietly whatever it takes to get them to sit quietly now my son is he he has been recently saved he got saved at easter and he is pushing being five so he's transitioning from okay it's okay for you to sit quietly to you can sit still and listen a little bit um so we're kind of in that middle process and, and i'm going to talk about what this means a little bit more as we go on um, but that's a really good question to address because if they're allowed to sit quietly um that's going to lead us to asking some other questions so, um, the next one would be, are the kids expected to sit still on the pew only, or can they sit on the ground? So that's what I mean in this transition. My son, he's old enough. We want him to be in the pew. We don't really want him on the floor, driving his cars around or laying on the floor, reading a book. He's old enough. He can be sitting up, trying to sit still in the pew with mommy and daddy. Um, of course my oldest is sitting as she's working on her little, you know, sermon sheet, but the little ones, the baby and the toddler were perfectly fine with them sitting down on the floor. Usually they have a, a bag of toys that is just for church. That's a great idea there um, to have something that is separate that uh, they don't have all throughout the week. So it's new and fresh every now and then I swap that out to keep it fresh. Um, but these are our church toys. Those are quiet toys. Um, and I'm fine for them to sit on the floor and to play with those. So then that leads you into some other things. Okay, are, are they allowed to have toys? Are they allowed to have books? Now, my son, I'm okay with him having some books. His, his attention span, he, he can't read, he can't write. So for him to try to track with the service, it's, it's very, very difficult for him right now. So as long as he's being still and being quiet, he has his little stack of books. Um, he might have a notepad with a pencil or some crayons. He's allowed to draw. Um, that's perfectly fine uh, for him. Um. But again, we want him, we prefer that he be sitting there with us. Then the little ones are down on the ground. Then you, okay, are they, can they have snacks? Is that okay? Is that something that you're okay with? Um, usually my toddler, we try not to go the snack route with her. She's old enough that she's fine to sit down on the floor or sit in the pew. She's welcome to sit up with us. Um, but books and toys pretty well entertain her. So we try to keep it at that, especially on Sunday mornings when I know we're going to have tea time and they're going to be raiding the kid's snack table anyway. You know, we don't want to double snack on Sunday morning or she won't eat her lunch. Um, but the baby... The only thing sometimes that gets through me through services with my one-year-old are raisins. 
you know, we have a little bag for church that's just, that's raisins. And I love a snack um, that is very small and piecey and that takes them time to get through. You know, if you have, have a bigger snack or something that they eat really quickly, you know, they, you, they might have to consume quite a bit of snack to get you through that 30 or 45 minute sermon. Um, but, you know, I found raisins are good. Cheerios are good. She doesn't really like Cheerios. Um, Cheerios are a little different here. So raisins have just been our go-to. It's a healthy snack. She enjoys them. It takes her a little while. Um, you know, her, her she's getting her dexterity. So to get it from my hand into her hand into her mouth, it takes a few seconds. So, you know, we're not eating pounds of raisin during a service. Um, so that's been been helpful, um, you know, being able to to give her some of that. Another really thing is, good thing to think about is what if they have to go to the toilet? Um, you know, what do you do? Are you, are you comfortable taking them out? Are you going to make them sit there? Thinking that through. Thinking that through usually means that mom and dad need to be thinking before the service, usually five minutes or so before, we need to make sure that everybody goes. Whether you say you have to or not, whether you're like, I don't know, you know, I just went. Um, usually I just went means I went yesterday, but um, we're all going to go. We're just going to go to try to completely alleviate that for the next hour. Um, so we try to do that beforehand. Possibly somebody will will have to go. But if I know, especially with my older two, if I know that we just went 30 minutes ago right before the church service started, you can probably wait and hold out until the end of the service. But now my three-year-old, if she says she has to go, we go. Um, and we just try to slip out. We do tend to sit towards the back um, just because I, I realize we have a lot of kids and this is a work in progress. And I do want to minimize the distraction as much as I can. I don't want to be a hindrance to someone who is there to worship, who's trying to um, listen. So we do sit towards the back. So it's usually easy for us to quietly slip out and slip right back in and take them and let them use the restroom. Another question that she said to ask is if your husband is the one that is doing the teaching or the preaching. Is there someone else that can sit with you? Um, that has been a blessing, you know, especially I've got four kids now. We're going to be having a new baby come. The new baby's going to be nursing. It's going to be a lot to juggle on those days. I mean, it's a lot to juggle when Simeon's there to help me. We'll just be honest. We're, we're outnumbered. <laughs> but um, on the times that he's preaching, especially for those ladies who who your husband is the pastor or the assistant pastor or who is not able to be with you, um, it's a good question to ask. Is there something, someone that can sit with you? You know, we have some, um, there's a young married lady in our church or there's, um, you know, a young college age girl that are, they're so good to step in and help us. You know, if they see that I'm slipping out with a baby or I've got to take the toddler to the toilet, um, sometimes even if Simeon's there, you know, there's still three other kids there. So they're good to just slip in, sit and help. And then they just slip back to their seat when I come back. Or, you know, if I'm doing the piano, if he's preaching, they'll come and sit with me sometimes. So that's been a huge blessing. Or maybe there's an older lady in your church that could could be that for you, that could be quick to come and to sit and to help. So that's a good thing to think through. Is there some way that you could get help? If, if it's just a lot for you to juggle, if you've got that nursing baby and the toddler and the preschooler, um, you know, it, could someone help you? Um, and then that leads really to the next question. When you need to step out, who will be with your kids? 
like I said, we have these girls that I pretty much can like 100% guarantee if they're at church, if they, they're they in tune, their mom has done such a good job at teaching them to just be aware. Um, and, and they know if I slip out, here they come to sit right with my children. And that is a help because sometimes it's quick. Like recently, um, Willow's learning to stand. She stood up. She was a little wobbly. She fell and she bumped her head on the pew. Well, you know, it just, she, she was hurt. It wasn't bad, but you know, it was a hurt cry. It was a loud cry. I knew she wasn't going to calm down until I kind of consoled her and then bounced her. And, And that was to the point of being a very distracting thing in the service. So I quickly swooped her up and we stepped out. Um, and I could see in the window, the girls came and there they were sitting with my kids. So that was helpful. But sometimes thinking that through or having a person being like, hey, if I have an emergency and I have to step out really quickly, you know, if the toddler has an accident all over themselves and I could go take care of that, could you just be the one to go and to sit with my kids? That's a good thing to think through. And um, so she asked another question. If I need to constantly step out to settle a child, what would be my limit so that we are not a distraction. And I I think that's good to think through. Um, You know, where do you say, okay, we've been out too much, whether it's behavioral or just, just life. You know, there are some seasons where, or there are some services where, you know, the toddler had to go to the bathroom, so I'm out to go to the bathroom. The baby had a stinky diaper, so I had to go back out and change the baby. And then we go back in, and the raisins aren't working in the ba- anymore. The baby's just tired, and so she's crying, and here I have to go out. Does that mean, like, is there a limit where, okay, I've been out three times now, the baby's quiet, she's happy, she's eating the raisins again. Do we try to go back in, or is it best if maybe I just stay in the creche, and we just call it good, you know, for trying. Um, and that's another really good thing to think through. Um, because you do, you want to try to minimize those distractions. And there are times where, you know, if, if you just need to work through uh, training with a child, now somebody did give really good advice as far as kids go. And if you have to take them out to discipline them or correct them or whatever, because of, of misbehavior in the church, several people said, don't take them out, discipline them, and then be like, well, you know, it's just we're just going to stay in the creche for the rest of the time or stay in the nursery or stay out here and let them run around the hallway. Their point was that you're you're really emphasizing that, OK, yeah, we had to go through this these few minutes of not fun. I got punished because of whatever I was doing in the church service. It was disobedient. But I also got to stay out here for 30 minutes and play toys or run around or not have to sit down and be quiet. The whole point was. You want to try to get them back into the service so that they realize that, okay, you can't just, you know, be loud and shout and clap your hands and all of a sudden then you get to go out and go free. We are here to be at church. Um, so I thought that was that was really good advice in kind of the correcting and all of that. Um, letting them know that's, that's not just a free ticket to get to go out and have a free for all. And then the last question was, are we sitting in the most strategic place? And I kind of addressed that already. We tend to sit in the back. Um, we're near the door, um, just trying to to find a good spot to where you're not segregated and, you know, off alone in your own little corner. You want to you be a part. But also, the front row probably isn't the best place for the people that have a ton of children that they're working on training um, in these, you know, in these things if you have little ones. You may want to be back. You may want to be, you know, if you're potty training, find the closest exit to, that goes to the toilet. I'm sorry. And I'll, 
<laughs> oh, I'm becoming an Australian. Wow. So it would be very rude to call them toilets in America. They're bathrooms. In Australia, they don't call them bathrooms. It's a toilet. Not, not the actual like physical bowl, but the room is the toilet. <laughs> so anyway... Oh, that, that was kind of embarrassing. But just in case people are hearing me say the like toilet over and over, I know it's a little harsh for us Americans to uh, hear that. But apparently I've gotten over that and just fully embraced it. So if your kids have to go to the bathroom, um, you know, sit somewhere that you can quickly slip in, quickly slip out and get that taken care of. But those were just some questions that she said that they ask, that they think through, that they work through um, to really help set their family up for a good service so that they're prepared. Um, and you know, it, you're just going to have to have grace and patience and unconditional love and perseverance and consistency. You know, every time I talk to older moms, that's the word that comes up so often. And sometimes I, I kind of like just, again, consistency, really, you're going to say that too. Um, because when you're the young mom and you're in the throes of it, consistency feels like a very uh, way down at the end of the tunnel, can't quite see the light yet kind of word. Um, But these are moms that are speaking from experience. Time goes quicker than we'd like to acknowledge. And consistency really does play out to, to mature, to work, to be productive in, in, in really all of our lives. Being consistent, setting clear boundaries, clear expectations. And so, you know, something else that we have also tried to implement in our family is when we pull our car into the worship service, before we all get out and go our separate ways and talk to people and whatever, um, we stop and we pray. And part of that praying is, you know, asking God to help us calm our hearts, to listen, to in, to join in on the worship, um, and, and not even just to help the kids to listen and be undistracted and have God speak to their hearts, but mom and dad as well. Um, I said earlier, adults can be just as distracting sometimes, um, if not more so. And um, so really just trying to, to ask the Lord for his help. Um, and then going into church with, with expectations set, boundaries set, the children know clearly these are not acceptable behaviors. And if they happen, this is the consequence. Um, we've asked God for his help, for his enabling. Um, we've asked for our worship to be sweet, to be a sweet savor to him. Um, and now let's go in and join with our church family and worship the Lord together. Um, and then just as parents, what whatever happens, whatever way it goes, just trying to take a deep breath and just be consistent. Follow through with what you said work through it. Um, Whether it's just the best day you've ever had or it's a complete disaster, guess what? Um, We're going to get plenty of more opportunities to practice. Lord willing, they'll be in church with you for a very long time. And you can keep working through this. Again, not with the goal of having these perfect little angel kids that just sit there and, you know, don't move or make a peep. And, you know, then it's just you get all these wonderful accolades as a parent but with the purpose of, of their faith growing as they hear the word of God, of them being encouraged to have a part in other people's faith growing as, um, you know, you, you help create the atmosphere 
of of the word of God being preached, being sung, um, being proclaimed as you all join in on that worship corporately and just try to to enjoy the Lord and to worship him in spirit and in truth. I hope this episode was helpful. Again, I, I don't feel qualified to address this. Um, maybe I'll go back and listen to it and be like, wow, um, I need to listen and practice what I preach. I, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Um, but hopefully what I had to say is helpful. Definitely, I think my friend's questions to work through. Um, it was just, I, I am just a very systematic uh, person. I, I like lists. I like just a thoughtful, logical way to progress myself through the steps of what I need to accomplish to make something happen. So when she sent me that, I was like, this is gold. I've got to get this on the podcast. So anyway, hopefully her thoughts have really been what uh, will help you. If you have any other tips or advice, please feel free to send it to me. You can email me at nohighercallingpodcast at gmail.com. You can engage with me on social media, on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. I would love to hear from you and hear what your tips are um, because I am, I'm, in the, I'm in the gleaning wisdom and trying to implement it into our own family and see the fruit of that. But hopefully some of these ideas were helpful as you try to teach your children uh, how to sit and behave in in church. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.